see. Welcome to the Thundercast. Got some SU sports on tap for you today. I'm Connor Sanders, your host. I'm here with McKay Pet. McKay, how are you feeling this, this afternoon? Good, good. Happy to be here. Yeah, I'm glad to hear that. We're looking at, uh, I think, it's been an interesting few days over the last uh, kind of weekend transitioning into this week. It's an exciting sports time. We've got the Super Bowl this weekend, uh, college basketball really heating up, March Madness just around the corner. I mean, conference play is reaching the halfway point pretty soon here, but... It hasn't really felt like an exciting time, you know? I, I think that just with the news of the passing of Kobe Bryant has just put a damper on things for sports fans all the, all around the world, really. Um, it's hard to get excited. Have you been feeling kind of similar energy? Oh, absolutely. I think even just outside of sports fans, just really anyone that knew Kobe Bryant, which was probably most of the world, um, just such a sudden passing and how it happened with, with his daughter and others, just terrible. And it absolutely has put a damper on a lot of things, just even outside of sports. Yeah. Do you remember how you found out about it? How, what kind of emotions were you feeling when you first uh, stumbled across yeah, it? Yeah, so I was actually, uh, I was on an airplane um, probably about an hour outside of Los Angeles. So I, I flew out of that fog and that, that L.A. smog. I mean, it's if you've been in there, it's it's terrible to yeah. see. So it was, it was an eerie feeling knowing I just flew out of that in an airplane uh, about when it happened. So um on the airplane, there there were uh, like the TVs that you could kind of get a feed on, like ESPN and CNN. But I didn't really see anything yet, and I got yeah. a text from uh, some of my work friends, and uh, they told me like Kobe passed away, and I was just I obviously didn't believe it. I was like I was flipping through all the channels, like nothing had happened yet. They were just talking about the Pro Bowl, um, but eventually stuff started popping up, and you know news spread really quick throughout the airplane, um, and it was just devastating. Yeah, it was heartbreaking in its suddenness but also just because like you mentioned I feel like Kobe just had so much more to contribute to the world dude the Mamba Academy the way he was helping promote women's basketball the way he was taking care of his family and uh it just felt so soon and it did feel surreal nobody could believe it you know the initial report comes from TMZ they're credible enough but you still just are hoping that it's not going to be the case and then as the news broke more and more we found more and more about it that's so sad but it's really interesting that you were in the fog there though that was uh such a tragic loss now trying to comp contemplate moving on from that it's just something that's not easy you know yeah and you've seen just the the pouring of support on social media and, and around the news and you know what current nba players are doing to tribute kobe and his daughter um you know what baseball teams are, are doing to tribute the other people on the airplane uh it's just there's been so much you know going around and you know, tribute videos and everything, just so much about Kobe. Yeah, it's, there's, this is the part about sports that I find um, so inviting and something that I can really connect with easily. It's, it's, sports is unlike anything else in the sense that it can just bring so many people in, include so many people from different backgrounds, different cultures, and make them feel like they're part of something. And when you lose a member of that something, that kind of community that you build as basketball fans, it's just such a devastating thing. And I think for me, and I'm sure for you too, just people of our age, Kobe was the guy, you know? Like before LeBron really took off, when we were like in elementary school, I'm saying, yep. when, when athletes were literally invincible, when they were our heroes, yep. 
Kobe was that. And uh, seeing him go, it almost felt like this part of seeing my past go. It was like seeing a part of my childhood, that kind of naive innocence of, of seeing athletes as people that are invincible just – it kind of died with Kobe. It's a really heartbreaking thing to think about. It was, and I think what what made it really just dynamic, a dynamic feeling for a lot of people was, at least for me, I hated Kobe growing up. Like yeah. I, I did not like Kobe Bryant. He just he he broke my heart with the Jazz. I mean, he'd always beat us. Yeah. I felt like anytime I went to a Jazz game when the Lakers were playing, <laughs> there were more Lakers fans than there were Jazz fans, and it just I did I did not like him. Like he, I always respected his game, but he was he was the villain to me. Uh, yeah, but but the older I got, and uh, you know, as he progressed in his career, that changed. You know, from that not liking him to this guy's amazing. This guy's special, and as you appreciated more and more of what he was doing off the court, uh, even when he retired, uh, it, it's crazy how that went from him being the bad guy to really just being a, a legend. Yeah, and it's really heroic. Like you mentioned, he was someone to look up to for a lot of young people. Um, and then setting the example as well, not only to how you're to conduct yourself as a basketball player, how to live your life professionally, but also transitioning away from that, taking care of your family, um, prioritizing those things that he had set aside for so long, because there's no way you could live that determined Mamba lifestyle that he uh, basically just like pioneered or, or branded in his own way and, um, and have time that you want to, to spend with your family. He was almost like he was trying to make up for that. And then for him to dive in doing something with his daughter, going to a basketball game. Um, it's just so heartbreaking. It, our hearts go out to the Bryant family, to everybody in the sports world, as we're still trying to mourn. It's been four days now, and it still just doesn't quite feel right to me. It's still something that's just been on the back of my mind, um, and I'm sure that that's true for a lot of sports fans out there as well. I'm going to miss Kobe, but let's move over to some SU basketball. I say some SU basketball, like this isn't the most important game of the season so far, but I think it kind of is. I mean, Weber State is the, the rival we have on tap for men's basketball tonight. Um, we're under six minutes or six hours away now. McKay, um, what are you thinking about coming into this matchup with Weber State? What are you looking forward to? I'm just, I'm excited. I'm so hyped. Uh, there's nothing better than a good college basketball rivalry. And um, before I, I came to Southern Utah, I, I didn't really know much about the rivalry with Weber State, um, but there's definitely yeah. something there, and uh, it's it's going to be exciting. I'm I'm really pumped for it, and with the direction that SU basketball is going right now and how they're uh, trending upward, and Coach Simon's really kind of built something. Um, this is big for him to have you know the rival come into town and, and really make a statement. So I'm pumped. Yeah. Well, you look at SU basketball right now. Um, they're 12 and seven overall on the season, five and three in conference play. 12 and seven puts them on track for finishing above 500 for the first time since 2006, I believe. So last season was the best season that they've had in the last 15 years, and now this season is going to hopefully be even better. Uh, we were state on the other hand, had a lot of those key players from last season graduate. You talk about Zach Braxton, um, Bracott Chapman also moving on, and now it's kind of the Jared Harding, Cody John show, and it's had some mixed results. So. Uh, overall, this season Weber didn't perform to the same level that they did last year, which is tough. But they're seven and thirteen and three and six right now in conference play. But they are coming off a pretty big uh, overtime home win against Montana, who is atop the conference. So they've got some momentum coming coming in. Um, and if you look at SU basketball, they've got they've also had kind of a, a mixed pot of results over the last few games, losing 
at Eastern Washington, losing at home against Northern Arizona, but then picking up a good road win in Idaho, picking up another good road win against Idaho State, winning against uh, Sacramento State at home. How do you feel like SUU is uh, prepared coming into this one? Where do you kind of feel like they are right now? I think they're ready to go. Um, I mean, we've seen them battle adversity throughout the season, and they've had some rough losses. And uh, as difficult as those were, I think they're they're learning from those losses. Uh, it's crazy to think this is the same team that was uh, battling BYU in Provo early on in the season. They went and played UCLA at Poly early on. And I think you just compare this team to that team, and, and they're improving. So even with these last couple uh, tough losses that they've had, I feel like they are improving. They're learning from it. Um, and they're, they're back home against a – a, a Weaver team that's pretty hot coming off that Montana win. So I think they'll be all right, though. Yeah, and something important about that game is that Weaver State put up 87 on Montana, who's yep. one of those defensively stingy teams that just you can never seem to get around. Uh, SU, I think, is at a good spot, but I just would like to see more consistency from them. They've really fed on the bottom of the conference, like Idaho, Idaho State, Sacramento State. Those teams, seeing Sacramento State in person, I was kind of shocked that there was a team that limited offensively um, playing on this level. They obviously play great defense, but um, now it's the challenge of winning against teams that they're not supposed to win against. Because of SU, the goal is to make the NCAA tournament. The goal is to make a perennial, consistent, contending team here. That means then not just beating up on those teams that aren't very good. Um, but we should say as well that SU has won against good teams. They've proven they can do it. They've proven that they can compete you know, at BYU, at UCLA, like, there's – the only thing that I feel like is lacking is that they need to prove that consistently, bring those performances that were so compelling early in the season and have – we've seen throughout the season, but make sure they bring them every time. How do you think that they can achieve that consistency? Well, I think what's uh, what's been the, the struggle with that um, is they just have so many new faces this year. And, yeah. and when you have new faces, uh, whether it's, you know, someone coming back from an injury this year or just plugging in new people, figuring out, you know, what matchups are going to work the best against certain teams. Uh, but this team is stacked. They have a ton of talent, um, a lot of really good ball players. Uh, but I think that's that's just what Coach Simon's trying to figure out right now is, you know, where uh, where can I put, you know, certain players where the strength's going to line up against certain teams. And you see that a lot, you know, with just – you know, the different minutes that are, are played between the teams or between the games. Uh, but the, the team's really good about that. They're, uh, you know, they're all about the team. They're all about, you know, trying to get the win. You know, if that means sacrificing minutes for someone else for that matchup, whatever it is. So I think it's just they continue throughout the season as they progress towards figuring out, you know, what, what matchup's going to work best for them. Um, but they're figuring it out. I think you can see that. Yeah, it's, it's been interesting to watch how Coach Simon has managed his rotation there's so many talented guys on this roster, so many guys that um, have similar skill sets that can do similar things. And now you're trying to overlap them, trying to get them in situations where they can succeed. Uh, and, you know, Dwayne Morgan and John Knight III have come off the bench a lot this season. I'd say coming into 2019, 2020, I'd say most people would say they were the most skilled offensive players. So having to manage that rotation has been really fascinating. And I think tonight the crowd is going to be into it, you know, all of the Cedar City will be in the American First Event Center cheering on SU basketball. And they won against We Were at Home last season. Uh, there's no reason to think that they shouldn't do that once again. I think a key thing to watch uh, in this matchup will be uh, the matchup between the two 
point guards. I know John Knight handles the ball most of the time, but Dre Marine is the team's smallest player on the court, so he usually defends the smallest guards. I imagine that he will match up with Jarek Harding for most uh, of the game. And Jarek Harding, I think that's a potential walk, or not walk-on, but a, a guy that could land on NBA roster, for play sure. in the G League for a long time, um, and have success that way. This season, he's been pretty solid. Got 40 assists on the season so far, averaging 21.9 points per game. But the talent around him hasn't been as consistent, and he has struggled to to win games consistently as the season's worn on. Now, that's interesting to find how Marine can defend him, but also how he will be, uh, how he will respond to having to defend Ray Marine and trying to get switches on him. Uh, that's what they did last season. They just tuckered Jarek Harding out, made life difficult for him in the first half. He ended up with a few points, but most of them came from the free throw line. So I'm fascinated by this matchup. I think SUU should have the advantage. They have the upper hand. They've been consistently, uh, not consistently, but they've been sh- they've shown what they can be. And if they bring that out tonight, I have no doubt in my mind that they'll win this game. I agree. I'm with you. I think, I mean, like you said, Jarek Harding, he's, he's, their, he's Weaver's go-to guy. And um, if they can slow him down, which they've been able to in the past, last time they played here, uh, they held him at only eight points. So I think if they can slow him down and then just keep this fire they got going on offense, birds are going to win. Yeah, and will be key to watch as well for Weber State is keeping SCU out of transition. Uh, that's why SCU was able to really dominate against those Idaho teams, able to get rebounds out, get running, get in transition. That's the athleticism on this team. You, from top to bottom, the athletes on this team are just unreal. John they're, Knight, they're fun. <laughs> they're John fun Knight, and Harrison is. Butler, name a better athlete in the entire conference than either of those guys. They can just get up, and they're strong. They can move quickly with the ball. Uh, if Weaver lets SU get out and run it, they build any kind of lead. I just don't think they'll have any shot at getting back into it. I agree. But I think that's a, a good place to leave SU basketball as we look forward to tonight's matchup. Looking ahead to the Super Bowl, McKay, this is a, a Super Bowl I think is very fascinating because the teams are so opposite, you yeah. know? Yep. Um, Kansas City Chiefs versus San Francisco 49ers. The Chiefs are just the most uh, compelling offense in the playoffs. Uh I mean, the Ravens were unreal this season with their production, but you really know what the Chiefs' identity is. They want to get Patrick Mahomes into some space so he can make throws because he's got the best arm maybe ever. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then you look at the 49ers. They led the league in total defense, uh, led the the league in rushing. They beat um, whoever they passed in the semifinal, escaping me. Uh, I don't know who it was, but (laughs) they, they won that game without even throwing the ball at all they what Garoppolo had like eight passes when uh, the 49ers beat how is this escaping my brain I can't <laughs> no not the Titans it was on the other side the NFC semifinal Packers? but Packers. Yeah, the Packers okay yeah so they don't really need to put the ball in Patrick Mahomes hands what, what are you looking at for this uh, Super Bowl matchup what are you kind of leaning towards I well, it is an interesting matchup just with the, the Niners defense and then with Mahomes on the other end of the ball. But uh, I'm an offensive guy. I, I like I like the high-powered offense. So I, I want to – not that I really don't have a preference, but I'm going to go with the Chiefs in this one. Um, but I'm just – I'm excited for it. It's the first time in since, what, 2015 that the Patriots won't be in there. So Thank goodness. No, not. I mean, I'm not necessarily a, a total Pats hater like a lot of people, but I'm just excited to see a, a different team in there. Um should be fun. Yeah, I think these Super Bowl games usually are so close. Everybody's so nervous, you know. They, It's rare you see a team really extend a lead out. RIP Atlanta Falcons. But uh, sure. um, I think that 
that actually benefits the 49ers a lot more. And that's why I think that the 49ers have a really good shot of winning this thing. Uh, their offensive line is just so strong. They can push people around. Yeah. And for and Andy Reid is still the coach of the Kansas City Chiefs. And that's no disrespect to Andy Reid, but he's made some goofs. <laughs> some, some, uh, he's flubbed some games in the past. Um, and Kyle Shanahan, the way he runs the Niners, the way their offense is uh, consistently productive, no matter who is having a good game, is really special to me. Uh, what matchup are you looking forward to, or what do you feel like maybe the key to this game will be? I think for the Niners uh, – they need to keep their offense on the field as much as possible, just to keep the, the Chiefs' offense yeah. off the field. I think if they can control the clock, uh, try and limit you know as many possessions as possible for Patrick Mahomes and that dynamic offense, uh, I think they'll have a chance because um, that defense is solid. Uh, just try and keep the ball out of his hands as long as possible because he's going to make plays. Yeah, the, this football season has been weird. The Titans made the oh yeah AFC championship, the Patriots losing in the first round. The Ravens just destroying everyone the whole season. Like, the Cleveland Browns, everybody thought was going to be good. The Steelers had such a weird se- – it was such a weird NFL season. The Rams didn't even make the playoffs after making yep. the Super Bowl last year. Yep. Um, I really hope that we end things on a really competitive and fun game. But I think one thing that will be fun to watch is just both of these teams have tight ends that are spectacular. George Kittle uh, and Kelsey both – I think there's a good argument between one and two between those guys right now. And if I was a linebacker safety having to try and guard those guys, I'd be so intimidated. They're just so big, so athletic, can make so many different plays. It'll be uh, tough to stop either of them. For sure. Um, do you have a prediction maybe, uh, a kind of feeling? I'm going to go uh, I'm gonna go uh, 31-20 for the Chiefs. Yeah, I think that's pretty good to about what the final score will be. I think that uh, – we're not going to see a super high scoring. No. I think uh, Kansas City probably will either come from behind or uh, they'll have to play. They might have to play chase a little bit because the way the 49ers can control the game. Um, but, the, I mean, the Chiefs could come out and just punch them in the mouth, be up by 21 by halftime and, and put this thing away. But, I mean, Patrick Mahomes might be the – this might be the dynasty, you know. Yep. As good as the Niners are, I don't think anyone – is really sure what their potential is going to be. Um, you don't. Re- I don't really know how good Jimmy Garoppolo is yet. You know, there's, and the year-to-year transition between offensive lines, between defenses, it's so difficult to recreate those things. Yeah. But when you have a quarterback that can really make plays, I, it's hard not to see the the Chiefs as a dynasty of the future. I agree. Um, what other implications do you think are running on this game? What do you feel like the the future impact of the Super Bowl might be? Well, I think. I mean. It may not even be impacted by the Super Bowl, but there's going to be a lot of things shifting around once this game ends and you start seeing players bouncing around. There's already so much speculation about what's going to happen with Tom Brady. Yeah. Um, and that's one big domino that once that one falls, who knows what's going to happen after that. Uh, so I'm excited for this this NFL offseason and you know seeing what's going to bounce around. And then there's so much talent coming in with the draft. This is, uh, yeah. this is going to be – I mean, this, this college class was, was pretty fun, especially with uh, – Joe Burrow's out of LSU. I mean, he's just a baller. So uh, it's going to be a fun offseason, too. Yeah, it's it's true you say that. It's, NFL really is in a time of transition. I remember when the NBA, like when Bill Russell retired, there was that one season before, or there was a season after, like, the Lakers finished their run that, like, the Seattle Supersonics won and the Washington Wizards won. And it was just, like, a kind of weird transition between the real star players. And I think yeah. that that's what we're seeing right now is that all these old head quarterbacks that have been good for 20 years, Drew Brees, Philip Rivers, Tom Brady, 
kind of running to the end of the rope now. Yep. Um, and they're looking around like, am I done? Is this my career over? Or is there a second opportunity? What do you think about Brady? Do you think that uh, he should move on? Do you think that it's like a legacy game? Or do you think he should just stick it out with the Patriots? Um, I, I would love to see him go somewhere else and, and compete. And like I said earlier in the show, I'm, I'm not a big Tom Brady hater. I, uh, I always like cheering for the underdog, which yep. usually any team that they play. Um, but I, I would love to see him go, go somewhere else and compete and see if he could take a team that uh, maybe wasn't that good or, or hasn't been good in a long time and see if he could make them good. And I think that would really cement himself as, as the goat in, in football. Yeah. Um, because he has had a very, very solid supporting cast during his time with the Pats, with, yeah. uh, with Belichick and uh, the players he's had around him. Um, I mean, it's, he, he's, got, he's got a lot of help there. Yeah, the, the Patriots have uh, made some decisions morally as well yeah. in terms of scouting, we could say. Yeah, fair enough. And I mean, it's the same team that employed Aaron Hernandez, you know. So there's a – I'm also hoping that he moves on. Maybe we can see a little – more of your hair down, Tom Brady. Yeah. I just don't know where he's going to go. It's like it's just imagining him in a different uniform like, kind of makes me Oh, it's sick. weird. It'd be very weird. <laughs> yeah, I don't know even where he would end up heading. It's not like he's going to go back to Michigan. It's not like he's going to go play for the Lions, you no. know? So No. I don't know if I would even want to play with Tom Brady, honestly. It's just like if uh, this old grumpy guy does all this weird stuff, <laughs> comes into your locker room and is like, hey, by the way, I'm bringing my coat or my uh, weird athletic trainer that – is not really a doctor, but uh, gives me all these weird supplements. Like, I don't know. Tom Brady's a ring. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, Tom Brady's a, a strange test case, but yep. I think you do speak to a really true point. And now seeing how the NFL will transition forward with this new batch of stars, seeing these old guys retire, you look like Lamar Jackson, uh, Patrick Mahomes, even Aaron Rodgers is getting up there now. So yep. it is a, a, a real time of transition. And a lot of quarterbacks have done the little – one year somewhere else experiment, you know. Yeah. Uh, Peyton Manning ended his career with the Broncos. Uh, like way back, Johnny Unitas played for the Chiefs. Jo- like Joe Montana, they. Uh, it's not a, an unheard of thing. So I'd be interested to see how that progresses forward. But for this weekend, I'm just excited to pound some wings, watch some football. Oh, I'm with you there. I'm with you. Say goodbye to this football season. I just I love basketball so much more than football. Yeah. I'm I'm ready for the NFL thing to be over so we can just talk hoops 24-7, you know. Looking forward to some SU athletics this weekend. Tonight, huge home contest for men's basketball against rivals Weaver State. But up in Orem, is, we were saying Orem and Ogden. I always confuse those two. Ogden. In Ogden? Yep. Up in Ogden. Orem is uh, Utah Valley. Yeah, yeah. There's too many O's. monogamous state schools up there. Yep. Um, so Ogden will see women's basketball who will take on Weaver as well. That's a big game for women's basketball. They've had a really strong start to their season, but the last few games have struggled. Um, and then Saturday, men's basketball will take on Idaho State, who they should destroy. Uh, if they Anything like uh, how they played in Pocatello, that should be a, a walkthrough there. And then women's basketball will be at Idaho State at 2 p.m. Men's tennis also being going to be in action against the University of California Riverside on Saturday. And women's tennis will be at Utah State. I skipped over another big thing Friday um, Utah State versus SUU in gymnastics here at the America First Event Center. That will be another fun matchup. Uh, gymnastics isn't something that I don't really get, like, watching it, but it's so much fun. Like, I, I know what's going on in a basketball game. I know the little intricacies. I don't know the intricacies of gymnastics. But the crowds are hype. It's a fun time. Um, 
McKay, you are the guy that does all of the cool SU video stuff. I think most would argue that compared to our kind of athletic standing, our social media presence and the content that is produced is uh, kind of unreal. It's uh, it's doesn't really match up. It's something that we've uh, really uh, built out very well here at the university. Can you talk about all the work that goes into building out these video projects and making things look so clean? Um, yeah, it's it's honestly just a lot of fun. And there is, I want to say there's a lot of thought and process that goes into it, but sometimes it's just two hours I get an idea and I hurry and try and crack it out and, and move on with it. But uh, it's just, it, it's a lot of fun. And um, that was my goal when I came here to SU. I, I wanted our, our videos to be the best in the state and, and the best of the nation. And there's some great video teams out there and, you know, from really big schools. And I, I feel like what we're doing here at SUU, I, you know, in terms of content, we're, we're keeping up with those guys. So it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Where, where, does, where do you start with these projects? Um, do you start by saying, I'm going to pick a song, I'm going to maybe pick a location? How do you start the process for these? Yeah, I, I think it, it, it depends, like, what video I'm working on, whether it's a recap of a win, uh, an intro video for, you know, say, the basketball team. Um, hype video for playing Weber, like, like the one for tonight, uh, it, it differentiates between what video I'm working on. But for me, my personal kind of philosophy when it comes to a good video is, is good audio. And I feel like the audio is what's really gonna kind of sell the story of the video. It's yeah. what's gonna really set the, the mood. It's what's gonna, um, you know, the tempo, the pace, uh, you know, what beat you have. So for me, it's all about finding what audio I want to use, whether that's a radio call, you know, someone talking, um, an instrumental of a song or the song, whatever it is, uh, I try and get the song down first and figure out, you know, where that audio is going to fit in. And then from there I, I start laying down the video on top of it. So I feel like once I have the audio down, um, it's kind of easy to go from there. So how much, uh, time do you spend actually working on not filming? If that makes sense, how much, how was, uh, the time breakdown? Is it like, like 40% filming, filming? filming editing? Yeah. Um, and it's not all editing too. You have to listen to those radio calls. Yeah. You have to do all that research as yeah. well. How do you think that breaks down? Gosh, that's I haven't thought about that actually. I, I'd say filming, um, that's probably only like thirty percent of it. Really? I'd say. Uh, and then after that, um, you know, when it comes to editing or, or listening to music, um, I, I try to always think of of an idea. You know, no matter what I'm doing, if I'm driving. Uh, when I'm falling asleep, I'll usually listen to a song over and over again to, to kind of get a feel for it. Um, I'm kind of a weirdo like that. I'm always trying to think of ideas. You know, I have a note in my, uh, like a note tab in my phone that I'm always, you know, jotting down ideas, whatever. Um, but I'd say filming, it's filming's not a super big chunk of it. It's, it's the idea process and it's the editing. Um, and the editing is really my favorite part. So I'm okay with spending a lot of time on that. Yeah. Where do you think that that like attention to detail, that kind of, you said that, well, how did you phrase it? That you're kind of crazy? Or? I'm kind of a weirdo in that I'm way. Yeah, that I'm way. always trying to think of something. Where do you think that comes from? Gosh, I have no idea really. Because uh, how I got into video in the first place, I was just, a, I grew up a, in, in Salt Lake, grew up in Murray, and uh, just was a really big Utah football fan. And one off season, um, I think I was, I was 17, I was just watching highlight videos and there weren't any highlight videos, probably because the Utes weren't doing that well that year before. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought, you know what, screw it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try and make one myself. So I, I got some clips and got into Movie Maker and, and made one. So, and and from there, I, I got a job with the Utes, just kind of 
dominoed effect into where I am right now. So I'm not really sure where it came from. Um, I don't know if it's just kind of a, a knack that I was born with or, or what, <laughs> but uh, I mean, I, I love it. It's, it's a lot of fun and I'm glad I can do it. How much progress do you feel like you've made as like a content creator or generator of content? I, I think I've jumped pretty high. Like <laughs> just, just in myself, I, I feel like I've, you know, I got a lot better. I, I look back to where I was, um, you know, even just like a week ago, um, you know, I'm always trying to learn new techniques, new ideas. How, uh, how do you learn new stuff like that? Oh, Does YouTube. Come from just YouTube videos? YouTube is, YouTube is my, my source for everything really. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that, that's the nice thing is, you know, whatever I can do, I, I can, you know, you can learn mostly anything from YouTube. And then once you learn one tool uh, or one idea, you can try and tie that into another one. Um, but yeah, it's just sitting down watching YouTube tutorials and, and kind of <laughs> teaching yourself how to do things. So where, like, I just lost my train of thought. Oh, are there any videos that you, uh, you wanted to make? Maybe you even started out on that just didn't end up getting made. Do you have any funny stories of things that just didn't, you, you couldn't see all the way to completion or anything like that? Uh, um, gosh, I, I don't really know. I'm, I'm sure there are. I just don't remember them cause I never, <laughs> I never finished them. Uh, actually I, I do remember one. This was back when I was, uh, this is right when I first started and growing up a huge Utah fan, I obviously didn't like BYU that much. Of course. And, uh, I remember I, I was working on a video that was just like a total troll jab at BYU. <laughs> like I can't believe I even did. Like I, I was, I was not a big, big fan of the Cougars. Do you remember any, uh, any lines or any bits from that? I, I just, I, like, I just remember I was like finding anything that like bashed <laughs> BYU. Like I was, man, I was going hard on it. And, Thankfully, I stopped because, like, looking back, like, that was that was pretty harsh. So, um, I'm glad I actually didn't finish that one. But, man, that, that was one. I was <laughs> I was glad I, I probably stopped working on that one. I grew up in a Coug household through and through. Like, <laughs> uh, I got my dad an SVU shirt for Christmas this year. It's probably the only red a piece of attire that he yeah. owns. Like, he's we were BYU fans through and through. We would always bash on the U fans too and come up with these little goofy things, but. Now that I'm older, it's just like BYU is really hard to like. <laughs> it, they're easy to root for because it's kind of like inherent. It's like part of me, yeah. but like it's hard to, to like BYU guys to all their trendy hair and their silly mustaches. <laughs> you know, it's like, come on, guys, let's uh, let's try something new. Um, but McKay, you are the video guy, as I mentioned before. What's something that you feel like people maybe don't notice, or something that you maybe just other video people will do that you kind of play to is there are there little tricks and things that you use that maybe commoners like me just don't catch um i i don't really know i, I haven't thought about that before um i think for me uh when it comes to like being at a game or or an event i just try and think about any any perspective possible anything different than just me standing up and looking at something uh, so if that's at a game, it's just trying to get a camera, you know, where someone's never seen an angle before or at an event, uh, you know, trying to get a camera where, you know, no one's seen that angle. So I, I don't know. I think that's just, that's just a, a habit that I've gotten into is just trying to see things from different perspectives, which is, uh, it's made things fun. Yeah. It's, uh, it's key. It's something that, um, it's makes things so interesting to watch as well, because it feels like we're moving, you know, when you're watching good video, that's coming from in from all these different perspectives, it feels like you're moving around the stadium, you know? That's the goal. That's a, it's fascinating. It's something that's really unique to video too. It's, you can't read a book and feel like that, you know? It's really a cool and interesting medium. 
Um, what plans do you have for the future of your your content? I know that you're not going to be a T-bird forever. Yeah, so I uh, I graduate in the spring, and um, right now it's it's kind of up in the air. Uh, you know, of, you know what team I might jump to next, or if I might stay here. Uh, it's not super sure yet, but I I love it here. I'm not necessarily rushing to get out of Cedar City. This is a, a great athletic department to work with. But uh, what do you see yourself doing long term? Not necessarily where you'll be, but is is video just doing the kind of things that you're doing now something you've always just wanted to do? Or yeah, do yeah, I. I didn't realize it's really what I wanted to do until I started working at KSL um, back in 2017. I was a sports producer there, and that's where I really kind of fell in love with it. And I realized, hey, I could make this into a career, but um, I didn't really see myself in the news industry. So I wanted to try uh, working more creatively for like an athletic department. That's how I ended up here. And I definitely see myself doing this as my as my career um, for the future. Um, it's just the, the, the where is kind of the mystery right now, but I love it. And uh yeah, you know, I, I want to ride with it, so, so I want to stick with it. How much time would you say that it takes to to cook up one of those hype videos? Does it depend on how long the video is going to be? Can you talk about that? Yeah, yeah. So really, I, I can crack out a, a hype video in, in probably two hours and have it be like like decent enough to post. It probably <laughs> wouldn't be my favorite. Um, and I could also spend an entire week working on one. It, it really depends how much attention to detail I want to give to it, how long I want to spend in After Effects, you know, working on every little detail. Yeah. Uh, so that, that's that's interesting about videos. I could spend, um, you know, 10 hours on a five-second clip or I could spend five days on a 10-second clip. So, so what <laughs> kind of depends. What little adjustments are you making in those things that are more detailed? Is it like fixing color? Yeah, so like color correction is one thing. Um, in After Effects, you have the ability to to pretty much cut out objects kind of like in Photoshop. Okay. Um, but like the objects are moving. So you have to go through and, and cut out like every frame and there's That's some cool. Interesting. Yeah. You just go frame by frame, frame by frame. Out. Yeah. And, and there's some cool tools that help you do it. And uh, they do a pretty good job, but like, you know, you got to go through and, and kind of tighten things up. But uh, once you do stuff like that and like diving deeper into effects, uh, I did like a, a lightning Thor reveal um, for our football <laughs> uniforms last year, yeah. St stuff like that where, uh, you got to give it a little more attention to detail to make it make it look right. Um, that's what I'm trying to like get better at right now is is the, the real effects side of things. How satisfying does it feel to come away from a project knowing like yeah this looks good? I oh, like it's this. cool. It's it's really fun. Like uh, especially just when you get the idea in your head and you're like man I I want to do this but I have no idea how to do it and then you just watch YouTube and YouTube and you get out there and try it and it looks like trash. So like you watch more tutorials and you finally get it right. It's gotta be frustrating though. Oh, it's very frustrating. <laughs> like you, you gotta get it wrong a few times, you know? Yeah. Um, how do you work through frustration like that? Uh, food, honestly, <laughs> like when I'm, when I'm getting real frustrated, uh, it's really good to just take a break, go get some food, um, go play some basketball, just kind of get away from it for a second. Last night I was in kind of one of those ruts. I was trying to crank out this video for uh, for the Weber game tonight. Uh, and I was just, I was so dead tired. I got a cold as you can obviously tell. And uh, I went to bed and then I woke up and I, I looked at it. I was like, oh, like I could change this, this, this. Like it just, it all just kind of clicked for me. So when you get in those ruts, I think just taking a break, getting some food, shooting hoops, just yeah. getting away from it for a second. Yeah, it's good practical advice. Um, I mean, earlier I was working on a video project of my own. You came up and you're like, ah, oh, yeah, you gotta do this. <laughs> it just, it comes so naturally. It's a, uh, it's really fun watching. You've got a whole bright future ahead of you. But oh, thank you. This is a, 
a good uh, kind of mixed show this time. We got some, some coverage, national stories. We got some SU stuff. And we just got some good practical advice, you know. If you're in a rut, go play some hoops. Yep. Get some food. Panda Express. I got Panda Express last night. Oh, after Panda's you, great. You brought up Kung Pao Chicken. Right. I still think Kung Pao Chicken is overrated. But I must oh, say. Oh, come on. The Panda Express is the clutchest of the clutch. I mean, you get some Beijing beef. You get some orange chicken, some lo mein. Beijing beef's good. You're set for life. I just, Kung Pao's the best. That's all. <laughs> Well, I'm sure we'll debate that more in the future, <laughs> but for McKay and myself, Connor Sanders, that has been the Thundercast. Uh, thanks for tuning in. We'll be back next week with uh, more cultivating or, uh, captivating no- news and stories about Panda Express and sports. Thanks for listening. We'll be back soon. Bye.